Hello and welcome to the first ever Blue Ridge Community and Technical College podcast. This podcast is going to be about programs, events, staff, and faculty, a way to really connect with who Blue Ridge and uh, who we are. So I'm excited. We have a treat for you all today. We have uh, two very special guests that are going to be with us. We have Dr. Peter Chekovich as well as Leslie C. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad to have you. Thank you. Wonderful to be here. Yeah. Would you like to officially introduce yourself and say what you mean to Blue Ridge? What's your role here at Blue Ridge? I have no idea what I mean to Blue Ridge, but <laughs> I'm Pete Chekovich. I'm the founding president of the college, and um, it's my job to work with an executive staff to make sure that uh, things things work out the way we want them to. It's incredible. I feel like that was the abridged version of your job. <laughs> right. Uh I'm Leslie C., and I'm Vice President of Enrollment Management and Health Sciences. So, we and other duties as assigned. That's awesome. Well, uh, my name is Joel, and I'm a digital media specialist here at Blue Ridge. So, we get to do fun things like record these podcasts. So, we're excited for this to be a resource uh, for faculty and staff, as well as a fun way for uh, the people that know Blue Ridge to kind of check it out and see what we are doing and what we'll be doing here in the future. So, today, one of the topics that we're going to be talking about is Blue Ridge yesteryear to the present. And and I feel like he, that you have a little bit of knowledge on this, huh? Like just a little bit here. Yeah, I have just a little bit. I've probably <laughs> forgotten more than I remember. But, but yeah, um, yesteryear to the present. I guess we got to start in 1974. The first <clears throat> um, program that was considered part of a was a community outreach program at that time, not a community college. Um, and it was a component of, of a four-year institution, Shepherd University. Uh, the first program was uh, nursing. Uh, and we still have the nursing program now. And we, we graduate many, uh, many good students from that program. And as uh, you might know, there's a nationwide shortage in nurses. So yeah, as soon as they graduate, uh, they're employable. It's, it's really, it's, it's good, but it's bad since we have a shortage. But it's yeah. good that our students always have a place to, to work and, and earn a paycheck. <clears throat> um, I guess... Um, if we fast forward from 1974 to when I came to the institution in 1987, um, we operated as a component, what was called a component school of the four-year institution. And about three or four years later, we went through some changes, not only in our administration, but uh, the legislature mm. uh, began to pass increasingly emphatic pieces of legislation saying, um, we'd like to see something different from what we call our component schools. Uh, we want a freestanding community college system like many of the uh, states surrounding us, uh, Virginia, Maryland, North Carolina, Ohio, Pennsylvania, uh, to a certain extent, Tennessee. <clears throat> they all had freestanding community college systems and they all had pretty good economic development going on. And so our legislature knew it was gonna take a while because we had to separate out from our host institutions, but, um, passed three or four series of, uh, like I said, progressively emphatic pieces of legislation that said, we're going to have freestanding community colleges. They're going to be a comprehensive community college and offer a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So that set the tone for about the next 35 years of my work at the college. <laughs> um, and I can say that there were <clears throat> several instances when I thought I would lose my job over some of the ideas that I, I wanted to put forward, but that, that never happened. And um, our move to Martinsburg in 2001 was probably 
I'd say that was the beginning of really feeling like we had control of our own destiny, uh, which what you need to have as a community college. We, mm-hmm. If you look at the mission statements of a four-year institution versus a two-year, they're quite different. And it's hard to do both jobs under one umbrella. Yeah. So when we separated out, came to Martinsburg, we hired Leslie a few years later, and our enrollment began to really uh, grow by leaps and bounds, as well as our programmatic uh, offerings. And um, we were able to um, rent some space here at the Tech Center from Mr. Shockey. Uh, and we started with one program. That was the lineman program. And now you see what we have here now. It's probably 10 or 15 different programs here, yeah, we love it. <clears throat> all of which um, contribute to a student's ability to, um, to go to work when they finish here and also to come back uh, when they want to be retrained for the job that surely is going to change. If we take a look at, yeah. take a look at the technology you have, uh, you may remember me saying I started as a media center director. Yes. <laughs> I, yes. Would, I would have killed to have a <laughs> setup like this, which was is so cool. Um, well, that's, but it's technology that wasn't even around back then. Yep. So it was a, it was a, a long, uh, arduous process in the nineties to get separated out. But by 2001, we had our directive to become independently accredited. And, um, and we did so by 2005. Well, now I want to talk about where your office is huh. at the college. Okay. <laughs> so I went to that four-year institution in 1993 and I lived in a dorm called Gardner Hall. I know Gardner. Yeah. What's interesting about this like small world, how everything flows together is that Dr. Chekovich's office was in the basement of that dorm and that's where we did our laundry. And, (laughs) um, you know, he had this name placard that stuck out of his door into the hallway and we were like, what is this name? Cause we remember when they put in those offices in our dorm and like, what are, what You're is like, this community college? Here? What is this? This doesn't, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. And they used to smack my, uh, they, we my, did. my nameplate for good we luck. Did. We did. And look at her now. Look well, I remember it. when you all, I'm, I might, uh, might show my younger age here, but I remember when you moved into Martinsburg, uh, because for one year, uh, the school that I went to, I went to FCA, one year rented out space in that building as well and had classes for our high school. Oh, yeah. So one year in yes. high school, we were in there. I'm like, oh, there's Blue Ridge classes happening right there. <laughs> right. And then fast forward years later, I'm working with Blue Ridge. So it's just a fun Isn't thing. Isn't that a 360? That exactly. can come right back home. Exactly. So. so it was a cool <clears throat> connection. But, yeah, like you were saying earlier, the, the workforce and being able to draw in, I think that is – one of the things that I get to talk to and be most excited about with people is the hands-on experience that you're going to get here at the tech center or yeah. at, at the main campus. Really that's preparing you to immediately jump into a job and, and typically at a fraction of the cost is really what I love about Blue Ridge and, and faculty and staff that really care and are uh, you know experts in their field to be able to prepare students for that. So do you see any trends in the industry that you're excited for or things that programs that you're really looking forward to expanding here at Blue Ridge? Um, well, yes to both uh, questions. There, there, there are trends and there are new programs, <clears throat> and there will continue to be new programs as technology changes. Um, the The interesting thing about what you said is um, we do the training and and people hit the ground running when they're hired, and that's um that's sort of a joint um, 
uh, agreement that we have with companies because companies are in business to produce product, especially the manufacturers here, and to do training at the same time they're producing product cuts into their ability to produce. Yeah. So we have found over the years that it's, um, it's, it's um, more economically feasible to have students uh, educated at a local community college, especially one that's yeah. as supportive as we are of our business. Um, and then to um, make sure that the curriculum is aligned with what the student needs to know when they go to work. And yeah. I think our faculty um, have done a remarkable job, especially in mechatronics or in IT and cybersecurity and the healthcare areas have done a phenomenal job aligning what the students learn with what they're going to have to be able to do when they, when they finish here and, and go get a job. <clears throat> Joel, it's interesting because when I look back at where we've been to where we're going, I don't think we would have ever thought that we would have had some of the large industry partners mm -hmm. that we had. I mean, this Incredible. industry, yeah. this building mm -hmm. um, itself has history in manufacturing and the company left and here sat an empty building and the yeah. jobs were gone and, you know, perfect for an education unit to move in. So to look towards the future is um, somewhat limited for us because we know that there's going to be new things and we're going to meet that demand. But what is that? We don't know. And that's part of the excitement because our, our what we've done and we don't say no. I think that's something that has really separated Blue Ridge out is we don't say no. We have somebody come to us with an idea. We're sure. Let's see. Let's see how we're going to make this happen. And I think that we're pretty uniquely set in place right now with this industry and this area growing so fast. You see Inwood and Martinsburg with new factories and new jobs and new industries coming to this area that uh, the tech center and, and other buildings that have these on-the-job trainings and things like that are really, really going to be great for people moving to this area and, and new generations or, or people that are switching uh, careers is a perfect opportunity to set us up for the future here. At yeah, and, uh, you know, 25 years ago, we were basically a service industry oriented. We had, and not that that's a bad thing, but there were some jobs that weren't as high paying as they needed to be. And I can remember a quote from, from one of our delegates um, years ago when um, a warehousing company came in. They said, oh, this, they're box movers and we need to be able to pay with, for high technology, and but that's the wave of the future. That person was right, even though you still need the box movers, quote unquote, yep. you still need them uh, and they serve a purpose. But uh, we've been able to add programs that uh, students can make a very good living wage. Yeah. Uh, and it changes the entire calculus of their family. It, it, you can buy a home, you can buy a car, you can buy kid, kids clothing, you can buy food on the table, yeah. <clears throat> and it changes the entire way that, that people look at their future. Yeah, the return on investment with uh, the education we offer at Blue Ridge is uh, mm -hmm. documented. We, yeah. had, we had a huge study a few years ago, mm -hmm. and our impact to the community was something like $40 million. Right. Yeah. And, and that was before P&G. And that was before. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that. P&G is like $60 million a year, just it's the way they are right now. Yeah. And uh, yesterday morning, I was reading an article before I had a, a board meeting with our foundation. Um First Energy, which is one of our partners, uh, just hired seven new graduates from our lineman program. Awesome. And I'm thinking seven new graduates. They make on average about 60000 a year. 
that's $420,000 payroll right there. Yeah. Uh, taxes being taken out of it and so yeah. on. So the state's happy about that. <laughs> but over a 30-year career, it's over $15 million. Wow. That makes That is life-changing for a yes. lot of people. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. And with that partnership, the students don't pay. The employer, the mm. employer does that. <clears throat> wow. And or, with West or, Virginia or Invest, West Virginia Invest yeah. and with West Virginia Invest, again, your your individual return on your education is it's remarkable. It's absolutely remarkable. It's almost too good to be true, and I think some people feel that way. About it. <laughs> yeah, what's that, the catch? What's, yeah, what's the, the string? Catch? That's a great point for someone, a student that might come from a lower income household and is worried about financial programs here. What are some advice or things that you would give them for Blue Ridge? Oh, Leslie's the expert at that. Yeah. Well, I, first of all, every income level has opportunity at community college. And, and I think a lot of times people think I make too much money or I don't make enough money. And that is you know, one of the biggest myths of going to community college that I, I in my career have worked to overcome. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all ranges, you know, we do have federal programming. We have the Pell Grant, which is money you don't have to pay back. It's income based. There's an equation for that. Uh, We do have student loans um, that students can borrow at the level that they're comfortable with. And we're very careful to make sure students are responsible loaning, right? We don't want them to leave with debt that is impossible to pay back. Uh, You know, that's, that's, we read about that all the time. You hear that all the time. All the time. I mean, just take Apple news or AOL and take a look at the news articles about somebody graduated with $135,000 in debt and they've got a, you know, twenty eight thousand dollar a year job. Yeah, they're never going to be able to do anything except yeah. pay off that loan. I think there was a TikTok trend of of someone going to college and walking around and saying, <clears throat> "How much are yeah. you going to be in debt Absolutely. after college?" And they're like, "How much do you think you're going to make?" And it was staggering the numbers. Yes. They're like two hundred thousand dollars, hundred fifty thousand dollars, and they're like, "Oh, I'm probably going to make fifty thousand. I'm like, that doesn't that doesn't add up for the uh, long run. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't think I don't think people think that they they're looking for an experience or for a moment that you're paying the price for that. And, and, Mm. you know, at the community college in West Virginia, we have what is called West Virginia invest and that is not income based. So what is beautiful about it is that it's considered last dollar in. So if you do have any scholarships or grants, we take a look at those, but then if there's anything, tuition and fees and some program fees, now the state has expanded it to where they will pay the bill. So your, your, lending and your loan is minimal if it at all and that's the goal and we work so closely with our students to make sure that they understand all of their options west virginia invest does have a couple little strings that make some people nervous you know you have to pass a drug test yeah. you know, work in state for a certain amount of time and you you know and you have to i think it's a year they want you to stay in west virginia for a year yeah. and and work um and community service, though that's been waived these past few years because of COVID and the opportunities there. Um, but it's open to how you meet that community service. I think it's two hours a semester. So there are a few little things that make people nervous, but for the dollars, it's you can overcome them very easily. And a yeah. lot of our programs have built-in drug tests anyway. So right, right. It's, a, it's an opportunity. And why not get free money? I right. wish I had it when I went to school. <laughs> <Right. clears throat> yeah. One of the areas you were asking about um, 
are there new things on the horizon? Yeah. Well, uh, you don't have to read a paper too much to figure out that electric cars are coming. Right. And uh, there's a that's whole a there's a whole technology that's different from a combustion engine, right? An internal combustion engine that goes along with those electric cars. And there are very very few people that are highly educated in how to repair and maintain those cars right now. Yeah. As we get more and more of them on the road, there's going to be a huge demand for mechanics that can work on those kind of cars. Uh, not only the cars, but the charging stations, Yes. Mm-hmm. which I just read the other day that <clears throat> the federal government is thinking of installing, I think it was 500,000 wow. s- uh, charging stations, high-powered charging stations, so you don't yeah. have to charge overnight. Yeah, uh, that, that would make it easier for people to get a charge. Now, if I'm not mistaken, there's about 400,000 towns in the United States. So 500,000 charging stations may sound like a lot, yeah. <laughs> but... When you get one per town, right? Uh, you still gonna be waiting in line. <laughs> <for them. clears throat> but well, I'm still fascinated by electric cars. Yeah, so I'm shocked of, you haven't gotten one. Of all I, people, you know, there's of only, all people, there, there's one thing holding me up. I, 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 I know a lady who has one, mm-hmm. and I said, "Well, that thing drive me 315 miles." She goes, "No, nah, it's, it, it's about 260, 270, Depends depending on, on the one, you yeah. know, conditions and so on." I said, that's not good enough. That's not going to get me down to the Outer Banks. Uh, I need to be able to drive to the Outer Banks without recharging. I think the Once ex- it gets to that point, I'll be interested. I think some of the extended charge ones, 350 is around the max. So Yeah, and they're also like $85,000. It's getting close, yeah. <laughs> so the price has got to come down a little bit, too. Yeah, true. College president makes pretty good money, but not that good. I tell you, Joe, one of the reasons, and he's going to be too modest to say this, so I'm going to say it for him, is that one of the, one of the biggest reasons why Blue Ridge is successful is because we have a president who loves technology. Oh yeah. He loves cutting edge. Yeah. He pushes us to find ways. Um, I remember, do you remember when the iPad came out and I got an iPad personally and uh-huh. within I think months it was now what we do. That's awesome. Everybody has iPads. And- oh, I've, I've had employees come to work here that don't have a, a laptop. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't have a laptop? Yeah. No, they never got me one at my other institution. I'm like, that's the first thing we're going to do. March you right down to Mike right. Byers and get you a laptop. Yep. Because I want you to be able to, you know, the times have changed. If you want to write a letter, yeah. you got to do it yourself. <laughs> we're not hiring anybody to write the letters for you. <laughs> so uh, laptop at home. And um, I've seen leaps and bounds of yeah. my executive staff being able to work with technology. And I do love it. Um, I, like I say, I started in 1976 at Shenandoah University as a media center director. And yep. the technology was quite different back then, Joel. It yeah. was overhead yeah. projectors and <laughs> open reel video recorders. and the yeah. but, I, but the idea is the same. It's the yes. technology that helps you with the educational programs and also with learning. Yeah. No, I love it. And, and that's why I think the way that Blue Ridge wants to push those boundaries, wants to say, on the edge with cybersecurity, with, with IT, all, all these programs that seeing those trends, and I think that's a testament to the staff and faculty that are doing the research to see yeah. these trends and to see where the industry is going and pivot when things go wrong. Because I'm sure there's been one or two, maybe maybe one, you know, a decision that was like, oh, that wasn't the right trend to go for. But you know what I'm saying you is know that what? I've, we can I've, pivot. I've never um, encountered any criticism over something like that. What I have heard criticism for is, you're too scared to do this and you right. don't do it. You, yeah. you get frozen and, and you're going to get left behind. 
Um, mm. I'll give you an example. Um, years ago, we had a, a video network called the Hughes Television Network, operated by satellite. And we were asked to install uh, a link here to I'll link up at Petersburg, West Virginia, so that we could teach courses here and the students down there could receive the same class, yeah. albeit about two and a half seconds later. Yeah. Because it was a delay. Right. Went to a satellite 22,000 miles down. up yeah. in the air and back down. So when you told the joke, it was a little bit weird because <laughs> the, the, the live class would laugh and then about two and a half seconds later, if it yeah. was a funny joke anyway, the other the other class would start laughing. So you had, yeah. you had to give like 10 seconds for the laughter. <laughs> but um, that that particular um, piece of technology was going to run us about, I want to say about $65,000. And mm-hmm. I thought, my Lord, I've never spent that much money on technology before. What if it fails? Yeah. And the advice I got was, don't think of it that way. Think of it as you tried something, it didn't work out. So what, you learned a lesson. Right. Uh, but if you say no from the start, people are going to say, "Eh, they're not, they're not cutting edge. They don't want to, they don't want to gamble. So yeah. we're not going to go to them." So we've been gamblers ever since. We have we gamble, and we even have a gambling program that we teach people how to <laughs> how to serve the gamblers. Right? <laughs> like, we do it all here at Blue Ridge. Well, I love it. And fast forward years later, now um, with the COVID era here, we worked on the high flex model mm-hmm. where yep. we're able to yes. do zoom classes with the in-person classes mix. So if you are not mm-hmm. able to come in on campus, you could still zoom in while other students are on campus. And that, I think that's that, a great model. Yeah. That I think is one of the greatest things. COVID did have a silver lining. Yeah. That's one of the greatest things that came out of it is that um, prior to COVID we looked at online learning as, eh, it's not, that's not the real thing. It's not within our four walls, and it's, so it can't be real. Yeah. Once we were forced into it, it was kind of like, hey, you know, this stuff isn't so bad. Yeah. This is okay, and and we can make this work. And, mm-hmm. you know, just from an administrator's point of view, you can double your class size doing that. True, yeah. Because only half the students, if, if, if you do 50-50, mm-hmm. only half the students have to come to, cl- to a live class at a time. Yeah. The others mm-hmm. can learn online. So. You don't have to build a big building. You don't have, you know, there's a lot right. of things change. Right. It changes the way you calculate things. I, I think people too are wanting that flexibility yep. because if you're scheduled, if you're a parent, Place if you're bound, working yeah. and trying to imagine how am I going to spend two years in a classroom and now, I, mm-hmm. you know, you, we hear gas prices and logistics and all of that. It's oh, yeah. overwhelming and you're, you've already found barriers by removing yep. those barriers. Mm-hmm. And you can do a class asynchronous, yep. synchronous, yep. live. Then you're removing all of that and right. and making it more accessible. Yep. Yeah, and that's that. our job. That's our that's our charge. Access. Access. Access for is sure. a big part of what we do. Yeah, and I love that. And I, I think that's really what what can draw people in and and bring the most value to this area is is there shouldn't be barriers for you to get an education. And there's so many opportunities here. Uh, you know, whether it be technology or service industries or, or otherwise <laughs> that people are able to get into. So I, I love being able to spread that word. Like they're like, oh, I'm not sure whether it be finances or time or scheduling. You're like, hey, we've got options. Like, let's at least talk about it. We have options. And, and we've been saying for decades now that <clears throat> the average job requires two years beyond high school. Mm-hmm. Um, it's exactly what we offer. Yeah. Uh, and, and to be an active part of today's workforce you need to have that 
post high school experience. Yeah. And whatever, whatever it be. We've even thought, okay, if that seems overwhelming to people, we've now taken away that time and have moved into the high school and have mm-hmm. an expansive high school programming yeah. to where mm-hmm. we have students starting while they're in high school. So it's even reducing that time yeah. right. to getting, to getting, you know, food on their table. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I have, I, I teach some of the jumpstart programs and I love it being able to have, and I, and I tell that to high school students. I'm like, if you have the opportunity to do it, like that's such a big opportunity for you <laughs> to get a head start on, yes. on your, on your education. And it's, it's cheaper. You get $25 a credit hour. It's crazy. I mean, cheap. Come on. When I talk to students and I talk to parents and I'm like, at least talk to them about it because this is just insane. Yeah. And, uh, and they, and it's been great. I, I've enjoyed it. So I have another course next semester, a digital media course. Shout out if anyone is uh, looking to take that. Uh, but it will be, uh, I'm excited to, to do that too. But yeah, it's such a cool program. I, I think that's, uh, another unique thing that, that we offer here. And we've yeah. expanded. We're, <clears throat> we're in all three counties yes. uh, of our service region, and we have counties outside of our service region who are, are, looking, yeah. who are looking to add. Um, and, and again, it's so, um, since coming to Blue Ridge, I, I say that, you know, I came to Blue Ridge, I was employee number 15, Joel. Wow. I was number 15. We used to be able to fit in like a little classroom and have <laughs> meetings and everything. And now I think we would have to almost rent an auditorium to have an right. all staff meeting. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, over fact, like 200. It, you reminded me of my office um, in, in Gardner Hall. And uh, when I first moved up there, it was me and one other employee. Yeah. That was it. Uh, and now we've got, I can't remember how many hundreds, but it's 160 <laughs> full time. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many adjuncts. Depending on the semester, it could be yeah. 100, 150. Yeah. Jumpstart, though, is is one of the things that I, I get to um, oh. ho- hopefully will remain a legacy and remain a program that keeps going because yep. it's, it's one of my greatest prides. I love it. Blue Ridge. It's a great program. And I was in on the negotiating of that price, by the way. I wanted it to be free initially. Wow. And there were folks yes. that just said, <laughs> we can't do that. We, it'll That'll break us. Skin I'm like, yeah. the game. No, look at it as loss leader. What do you think Walmart does when they roll lower prices on stuff? Right. Well, they don't give any, anything away free, but right. uh, at least nothing I know of. <laughs> but but I said, okay, if it has to cost something, why don't we just make it $25? Yeah. They're like, mm, I like that compromise. That's yeah. good. Well, and also I think part of it is skin in the game, so to speak. It, it, yeah. If it's free, sometimes it's like, ah, it's free anyway. Uh, but uh, Too easy to drop out because yeah, it didn't cost anything. But at least something, you know, there, yeah. there's that tangible thing like, okay, we've signed up for this. We're in uh, it. See, these were all the arguments that we yeah, heard see? back then. So. Yeah. That's it. It's something, you know, it, 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 it's it's fun. And and for me, um, coming into the, the administrative side is fun to see pulling behind the the curtain here and getting to see. So it's great to hear from you all, and I'm looking forward to future episodes where we get to talk to administrators and faculty and staff to kind of see like their their angle on higher education. And uh, mm-hmm. that's a little bit of a, a preview because Leslie was talking about how she would like to do a Dr. Pete podcast for the future to talk about higher education and what that looked like, their thoughts on, on some of the things that are coming up. And uh, so be looking forward to some of those future episodes. Um, We're looking forward to it too. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. We have so many more stories and thoughts. <laughs> 
Well, this has been wonderful. Did you guys have any other, is there a question that I didn't ask that you all wanted to answer or something that you wanted to talk about? You know, probably while I'm driving home tonight, I'm going to think, <laughs> doggone it. Why I should have added why that. I should have done that. No, I think you've been very thorough. That's awesome. Well, one thing I'd like to ask is what is one lesson that you've learned uh, that you would want to pass on to someone uh, that is looking either to start a career in higher education or um, if they want to start on their own higher education learning, either one? Well, that's a really that's good deep. question. A <laughs> good question. Um, I'm going to start with a, my own story on that. <clears throat> when I was in graduate school, uh, my advisor, who passed away, unfortunately, when I was doing my dissertation, I loved the man. He was a great mm -hmm. man, Dr. Shoemaker, looked at me and he said, you know, um, you're probably going to have a pattern just like mine, where you're going to have some teaching responsibilities, some administrative responsibilities, and it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun career. He said, I don't think I would want to do it now starting over, um, knowing what I know about higher education now, but I think you're going to have a fun time with it. And I'm like, I almost feel the same way. You, you see, and a lot of folks don't really understand that community colleges are part of higher education. Right. Yes. And they have a, yes. quite a different mission from Harvard, Yale, mm -hmm. whatever, uh, four-year institutions. Um, and I guess my point is the, 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 the practical nature of the community college removes it from a lot of the criticisms that you see right now with higher ed of, you know, a lot of folks are down on, on what we teach in the classroom because we're indoctrinating students or, or we're teaching students mm. that something we shouldn't be. And um, you, you see a lot of criticisms of higher ed. It's not new, not new. In fact, when we first started working with, from a different angle with businesses, um, higher ed was looked at as kind of irrelevant. You know, you really don't know how to teach us how to do our jobs. Uh, in fact, there was, um, was a person I worked with years ago that said, <clears throat> oh, so-and-so from this business has come to say, we should change the way we're operating our college. He said, you know, as soon as that person lets me go into their business and say, I'm going to change the way you're doing your business, then I'll understand what he says. And I'm thought, that's really the wrong attitude. The right attitude is to get together and work collaboratively. And we've done that with extreme success here, I think, um, where we've learned from each other. And, um, and, and everybody's welcome to have an opinion. But the ones that are, that are really negative about higher ed right now, I, I, I don't, don't fully grasp it. I, I don't understand why there's such negativity about it because we're here to help people. We're here to change the dynamic and their future. And, um, I guess anybody can have a problem with that if they want to, but yeah. I sure don't. I think it's the right way to go. Yeah, that's awesome. I think the only advice that I would have that would be above all else, because I have a lot of opinions and a lot of advice <laughs> when solicited, um, sometimes unsolicited, would, would be at the end of the day, are you contributing to that student success? Are yeah. you serving the student are you, are you making it easy for them to get, and I don't mean academically easy, right? Not dumbing it down, but are you giving them the ability to gain your knowledge and your help? And they shouldn't have to work and ask for it. You should be coming to the table with what you have to offer. Yeah. And if you, if you are a barrier to that student, then you shouldn't be in higher ed. Right. Yeah. So, so two things. To go back and answer your question one more time, <laughs> uh, my grandparents, especially my grandfather, my dad's dad, 
and my parents mm-hmm. always emphasized getting a good education. Mm-hmm. Get a good education. No matter what else you do in life, get a good education because with it, the sky's the limit. Without yeah. it, you're going to be in trouble. So those who are thinking about coming to college, I would say get that good education. You're on the right track. Absolutely. And don't listen to the critics. Come to college and learn. The, the other side of that is for a faculty member, you're doing God's work. You are mm-hmm. doing the work of tremendously good stuff. Yeah. Uh, to change lives the way we do, the way Leslie does, the way I do, the way my staff does, uh, we see thousands of students come through the institution. Yeah. And I'd like to think that we make all their lives a little bit better. So if you have that passion in you, yeah. um, don't worry about the... Um, don't worry about the funding model. Don't worry about uh, the the unsurety of enrollments. Know that you're helping to contribute to the welfare and and the goodness of thousands of students, thousands of people, and that's what we're all about here. Yeah. And you know, I say that to my new staff in the enrollment management side. You know, we look at numbers and we know percentages and we can you know matriculation rates and all of these numbers. And we had a team meeting via Zoom, because that's convenient for everybody now. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, these numbers are very important and our health of our institution depend on these numbers, but we can never forget that Mm -hmm. each one of those numbers represents a person and that person matters. And every single one of them has a story. And I'm first generation um, college and, you know, what what a difference my child has because I got I was educated and have a different life path than what, you know, my, my father grew up with extreme poverty, you know, in Appalachia. So he, he, education was absolutely forward for him and, um, it, what a difference it makes and it's generational and the opportunities that education gives. And we can never lose sight of that. And I think a lot of places, a lot of people get into their title and they get into their, I work at a college and they forget that that is a privilege and it's, it's a privilege. It really is. Um, Yeah. That's a great answer. That's wonderful. Well, it has been a privilege to be with you all today. Thanks Joe. It's our privilege. Uh, Thank you for uh, being here and recording with us. And thank you for listening to the first ever Tech Center Tuesday here at Blue Ridge Community and Technical College. This has been Joel, and I hope that you all have an incredible day. Thank you.